Mine's good. Life good! Got real close. Got hair high, right? Trying to hit two thirds. Have they saved it for her? Yes, they have! Welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham. Scott is alongside, as always. Hi, Scott. Hey, Sean. Uh, feeling good today. Good. Uh, you just started a new job and, and actually did something for the first time. Well, I wouldn't say the first time, but. Uh, yeah, I'm slowly learning the ropes, and I'm ready to talk about a big curling weekend. Yeah, big time curling weekend. The season's over. We made it. We made it. Um, Only a little worse for wear. Oh my goodness, this is the longest season ever. It started last August, and now here we are in uh, May, May 1st, and just like that, the season's over. And <laughs> we have three and a half months. To recover. Yeah, Sean, you sound like you're going to need it those three and a half I months. know, I really will, yeah. You had a big cough for a while yeah. now. <laughs> um, so let's talk about everything that happened over the weekend, the last big weekend in the curling schedule. And let's start with the Grand Slam, the final Grand Slam of the season, the Humpty's Champions Cup, the final event of the Pinty's Grand Slam. And on the men's side, Brad Gushu with... Maybe not a surprise win, but perhaps the opponent was a surprise as he beats Glenn Howard in the final to capture the seventh Grand Slam events. He has more Grand Slam victories, but that gives him all of the Grand Slams. Yeah, seven seven Grand Slams, which is pretty impressive given that the Champions Cup was only formed a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, this team, they've had quite a season. Brad referenced in the interview after the game some disappointments, you know, uh, uh, losing out in the semifinal of the of the trials and then losing the world final, but overall, you'd have to say this is a very successful season for this team. Oh yeah, for sure. I obviously they didn't hit their goal that they would have had at the start of the year, but win the Briar silver medal at the Worlds, you get this event. Uh, you know they, they have they had a really good season, uh, especially given Brad's health issues. Right last year he missed a bunch of time in the fall. Mm-hmm. with his hip and you know you could see him sometimes in between ends walking what i thought was somewhat gingerly and just still come out and get this victory is is pretty cool and i mean i think it's ridiculous that the grand slam has seven events it's three too many but uh to have them all that's pretty good yeah yeah that's i i mean that's pretty crazy he's he's up there i think third third all time for number of grand slam wins behind Glenn, who we played against, yeah. and Kevin Martin. Um, so, and, and for such a young team, they mentioned on the broadcast that that was the fiftieth time that Gushu has played against Glenn Howard, right? Which is pretty insane. Yeah, but I mean, they were for whatever a decade they were playing at least once a year at the, at the Briar. Briar. Yeah, uh, and they played in the playoffs a couple of times. So there's a bunch of games right there. Yeah, and, absolutely. And you play on tour a bunch, and yeah, I mean, just the the volume that those two teams have played over the past 10, 15 years. Uh, it's not surprising that they've played 50, I well, don't think. Well, 50 is pretty incredible, but but yeah, you're right. They, they, there's more competitions going on nowadays than ever before, and, and those two are some of the longest tenured teams out there on, on tour, uh, Glenn as a player especially. So were you surprised to see Glenn Howard making the, yeah, the final? Yeah, I, I was. Uh, that team hasn't really had a lot of big games this year. They haven't really done that well in a lot of the events they they showed his record at some of the gr- grand slams over the past couple of years since he won his last one a lot of missed playoffs 
And yeah, it's a team that's going into the week you wouldn't have expected to see there at the end. I, at least I didn't. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And, but I mean, you wonder about the path. I mean, you play who's in front of you. Uh, and in the playoffs, they beat Persinger in the quarters. Yeah. And then the semifinal game, like, all right, now let's talk about this because this, this happened with the women a little bit too. But mm-hmm. the number of points that were scored was insane. And Yes, it's a five-rock rule compared to the four-rock rule that you see at the international and Canadian events, but the Grand Slam events in the fall don't have this many points yeah. uh, and this many like like Glenn was down five, <coughs> excuse me, five nothing, four nothing, four nothing, four nothing, and came back and uh, scored. He scored two two ends of four points. So that that's i mean that's pretty crazy and you referenced while we were watching it oh geez these teams don't care you know they're they're just playing for the entertainment of it and yeah maybe they'll give up a big end here or there and you know for the most part i don't disagree with you that did look like they were trying out some new things maybe uh maybe not playing as conservative as they would at other events but it made for a really fun event like lots of scoring yeah, and you know, once the team is down by so many points, usually you think, "Oh boy, I can shut this off." Certainly, we saw Rachel Holman against Eve Muirhead come back from five nothing down. Yes. So, you know, there was lots of big swings. It was really entertaining for the fans. And maybe it's the five rock rule. Maybe it's the end of the season. Maybe it's a combination of both. Well, it's got to be a combination of both because because well, again, you don't see this. You don't see this in the fall events. No. Right, where they also have the five rock rule, but you don't see these massive swings. So I think the end of the year has to have something to do with it. And maybe, especially with this year, teams that we know we're not going to see again, there's a looseness to it. There's a, well, this is the last time, let's just play and who cares. Like, I, that could be a factor too. It yeah. didn't seem like the most intense event that we've ever seen uh, on tour. No, I definitely would say it wasn't the most intense event, but that's sort of what made it really fun for the fans. Yeah, you no, know, for, uh, for sure. And, seeing and lots of scoring. So, yeah. you know, yeah, Glenn, Glenn Howard, their team advanced so, whoa, somewhat inconventionally. This is, this is, just heard a big slam yeah, so here. Something happened upstairs here. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, but, but, you know, uh, they, they beat who was in front of them, like you yeah. said. And they did finish third as the third seed going into the playoffs. So, you know, did well in the round robin, and they beat who was in front of them. And, mm-hmm. and Bruce Mowat was one of those teams that you had picked. Yeah, I thought they were going to win. <clears throat> as, a, as a contender. Yeah. And, you know, Howard got down early, and they clawed their way back. So, uh, you know, kudos to Glenn and a bit of maybe shame on, on <laughs> Mowat for letting him do it. But, but you know, uh, it, was, it was really fun to watch. Yeah, and then we saw in the final, you know, a little bit. I mean, they kept it close. It was, he stole early. And then forced, and so it's one one. He was able to switch the hammer from Brad to himself, and basically flip the game. Mm-hmm. Then he gives up a steal, gets forced, and then uh, it just sort of the wheels came off there in the sixth and the seventh ends, where he gives up uh, a three almost out of nowhere. Uh, Brad made a couple of really nice shots, but but for a time early on in that end, first half of that end, it looked like Glenn was set up to steal, and then the end flips there a bit. And then in the the seventh end, it just really got away from them. Yeah, and they the wheels came missed off. a bunch of shots all in a row, and and that was it. So, you know, uh, for for the Gushu team, this was a really big win. Uh, another, I'm looking here, forty thousand dollars in their pocket for this event. Plus, they wrapped up the seventy five thousand uh, dollar tour 
Rogers Cup bonus, I right. guess they call it, uh, from the tour there. So overall, like uh, you know, I know they travel a lot from from Newfoundland, but uh, they've they've done well this season. That's for sure. Well, yeah, I mean, over the weekend, if you can guarantee yourself an extra hundred and fifteen thousand dollars, yeah, like that's that's a pretty good weekend. Yeah, that'll get you uh, done. Yeah, it's worth a trip to done. Calgary. Uh, and on the other side, of course, Rachel Holman coming off. What I would say, other than the trials, was probably a disappointing year for them. We talked about that last week, yeah. that they had the really great week at the trials where they played well uh, and just sort of ran roughshod through the field after that opening draw loss to Chelsea Carey. Other than that, the, the results weren't that great, um, including the Olympics, where they obviously uh, struggled uh, at the start of the event and then at the end of the event. They had that mm-hmm. nice run in the middle, though. So this is a team that, for me, I didn't really expect them to do all that well. End of the season, long season for them, too. Uh, but they come out, and they lose to Jamie Sinclair early on in the week, and, and Jamie Sinclair makes a beautiful draw to the button. And then they come back and sort of start to, to get on a roll. And you made reference to that semifinal game that it's another one like Glenn Howard that you look up after the second or third end, whatever it was, they're down 5 nothing. You really don't expect them to win that game. Yeah, especially against a team that's as good at hitting as Eve Muirheads is. You know, they, they're not a team that gives up leads very easily. Mm-hmm. And Ra- Rachel Holman's team is, is, like you say, you've said one of the best, if not the best team in the world yeah. uh, over I- the past year. And, you know, they were able to generate a three and then got a couple mistakes and so slowly clawed their way back into the game. But... Uh, not something that you'd expect at this kind of level of curling. No, not at all. And then in the final, she takes on Carrie Anderson. Final game for that team playing together. And mm-hmm. what, I, what I was sort of struck by is that, you know, we talked during the Scotties that it was a team that they didn't really like each other that much. And, and it seems as though the issue is with Carrie Anderson and the other three. Uh, but the communication was really good, right, for them, the last event. Maybe it's because they know it's the last event and they don't have to deal with each other anymore i don't know could but be the communication was really good they played really well uh, i didn't see the whole final uh but <coughs> excuse me and looking at the scoreboard the steal of two in the seventh end is really what jumps uh, and you said when i came I, I was here yesterday and when i came in i just missed that yeah and you said it was just a bad shot yeah right she had a chance to make the hit for one and just, I think she just threw it poorly, and it started curling and curled right away, and that was a big steal of two there for, for Team Holman, and that put it away, basically. She had a chance to throw a, a double for the tie. Yeah, there. if it was there. It was definitely there, but as soon as she went down to say it, maybe I shouldn't say this because I try to be as positive as I can this- on this, Sean, but... As soon as she went down to throw it, I said, oh, she's not going to make it. Like she, It seems to me like she just doesn't make... The, those big shots uh, right I, I could be wrong it's just it's just anecdotally it seems to me if there's a big shot to be made she tends to miss more than make but uh, it's not to take away from their season they had a great season you know making the Scotties final mm-hmm. but it'll be interesting to see how that dynamic changes for Carrie next year with her new teammates and see if that uh, <laughs> yeah. you know maybe instills her with a bit more confidence throwing those last shots. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see if that personal dynamic between the four of them really did affect the shot making. On that last shot, Carrie, I don't think thought it was even there. Uh, like, like I'm not. Convinced. That's that's what you thought. I like, I mean, or, I, or I, am I confusing that with Chelsea Carey's last shot? Chelsea or, Carey's last shot. She definitely. Okay, yeah, okay. Maybe that's what I'm confusing it with uh, on Chelsea Carey's uh, last shot. Um, but yeah, with Carrie Anderson, with that team, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the personal dynamic is and how it all 
plays out, especially with the other three staying together uh, and playing with Tracy Horgan mm-hmm. and seeing how the, the four of them work out. And then Carrie going into a four-skip team. And maybe that'll actually be good. if It'll take some of the pressure off of her in terms of decision-making, line calling, game management, all those things. And if, if she's having these communication issues with the rest of the team or, or if it's personality, whatever it is, uh, if those can be resolved, she's got so much potential to be a great player. Right? She's such a uh, great hitter. We saw her during the Scotties make big draws mm-hmm. throughout the week. And if she can can sort of hone it all in, bring it all together. Because even during the Scotties, there were moments where you're watching her and you know just uh, off by the inch here and there. If she can tighten up her game a little bit, and if this team facilitates that, it could be we're looking we're looking up in three and a half years, and they're the team going undefeated through the trials. Yeah, they definitely could be, definitely could be, and I think this year was good for Kerry getting the Jennifer Jones monkey off the back, yeah, so to speak. Uh, beat him three times this year, and so it was the first three victories she's ever had. <laughs> yes, uh, and so yeah, it was pretty. It was a pretty pivotal year in that sense, and we'll see what happens going forward. Yeah, so that sort of puts a wrap on the Grand Slam. I don't know if there's any other memories you have of the 2017-2018 Grand Slam season. Boy, Sean, um, it's a real blur, but we would be, I think we would be remiss uh-huh. if we didn't talk about Saturday night and that those uh, semifinal draws that brought a quote-unquote end to a couple storied curling careers. Yes, within about five minutes of each other, uh, Jill Officer and Team Jennifer Jones lose their semifinal game. Mm-hmm. And big ovation for Jill Officer. She leaves uh, the ice. Uh, there were tears. Um, I'm shocked. As, as Jill Officer is, is wont to do sometimes. I think Don was um, crying more this time. Oh, eh? probably. Yeah. I mean, they, uh, they, they're, they're a front unknown for... For the tears on those big emotional events, which is fine. That's nothing wrong with that, of course. That's great. Um, and then about five minutes later, uh, Kevin Cooey's team loses their semifinal, which ends Mark Kennedy's career. There was a cool moment where the two of them sort of got together uh, mm-hmm. and had a bit of a moment on the ice, uh, which was pretty cool. And we've expressed our skepticism that this is actually the last time that we'll see them on on television in a competitive setting. Yeah. Uh, I think both of them will do TV in some capacity. Right? Jill Officer already did the mixed doubles for CBC. So I wonder uh, what's next. Mark Kennedy clearly has a relationship with the people at TSN. Um, in, the, in the interview where he announced his stepping away, reti- whatever, uh, he and Mudrick joked about mm-hmm. uh, Kennedy coming on. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Mark Kennedy in some television capacity somewhere next year as well so i don't think we're going to be just they're going to be removed from the consciousness of the curling fan but yes they're not going to be playing anymore uh, at least for the next year probably two i would feel comfortable saying mm-hmm. and then we'll see if they want to come back and find other teams but it, it does force almost a reset in a way that these two people are are major figures in the sport if you look at the number of scotties they've won briars uh, grand slams each of them have an olympic gold medal mm-hmm. uh world championships these two are even though they're not skips like the the interesting thing you always talk about the skips in curling right but these two players are 
arguably the two biggest non-skips in the sport, or maybe the most popular non-skips in the sport, and that they both have their alleged last game mm -hmm. and within five minutes of each other was kind of interesting. And uh, I don't know if it's ironic or co just coincidental, but uh, I certainly thought that was kind of a nice nice touch. Yeah, definitely. And, and like you say, they are two figures that loom large in the sport for non-skips. And I think uh, we all have memories of both of them, you know, be it from Scotty's wins to Olympic gold medals, Briar championships, that that uh, Kevin Martin team with John Morris and, and Hebert and Kennedy, that, that's maybe the best team that I've ever watched at curling. I know the Furby 4 were really good, but these these guys sort of brought fitness. They mm. were like, you know, the at the forefront of bringing fitness into the game and were so great. And I was there in Vancouver when they got their gold medal and it was like, it was just electric. And that's sort of a memory I'll take from Mark Kennedy's career to this point, you know, uh, we'll yeah. see what happens going forward. But that's, that's sort of like the defining, uh, defining piece of Mark Kennedy to me. Yeah. Well, if you compare, like if you think back in, you know, about 10 years ago, um, in the lead up to those Olympic games in Vancouver, pretty much, I mean, there was a string of events where you could just book Glenn Howard against Kevin Martin in the, in the final, final of yeah. these events, and those were the two pinnacle teams, and if you look at that matchup, Glenn Howard, obviously a great career, but Kevin Martin in that team had his number, Yeah. when it was, was Howard with Richard Hart and Lang and Saville, and, yeah. and that was the matchup that we saw a lot, and Martin won most of those games, mm -hmm. so, you know, if you take Art, what you could even make a case that Howard team was maybe the second best team ever. And then Martin was just, that team was just a step ahead. And like you say, obviously Hebert and Morris were huge and, and Martin too, but Kennedy uh, might've been the most important guy in that team. And for no other reason than he was the lefty so that he and Ben could slide as they swept, which mm -hmm. I know Kevin Martin really wanted because mm -hmm. uh, it gets you the most leverage on both sides yeah, of and, the stone. And uh, he's, he was often described as the glue of that team, you know, keeping everyone together and, and uh, on track to mm. win. So yeah, def yeah. definitely, uh, definitely a good, good memory there. Yeah. Well, even just personality wise, like if you look at this, this yeah, Cooey team too, time. right. If you, if you've had a chance to interact in any capacity with, uh, the four of them, they're <laughs> very different people. Very different. Uh, at least yeah. on the surface and what they let out uh, when they're around the public. Like Kevin Cooey and Ben Heber could not have more different public personas. <laughs> That's right? Right. Like they really, really, I mean, we've joked about how Brendan Botcher and Darren Molding seem very different when we see them and that they, there's not really a scenario in which they would be teammates or, or friends. And of course, we don't know who they are as people, but mm -hmm. just to the surface level, they seem like very different people. I would say Hebert and Cooey are even more different <laughs> than each other. Just Benny is just very out there and, and always sort of on, yeah. uh, at least in his public yeah. persona. And Cooey is very reserved uh, and very calm and everything. And, and then you have Mark there to sort of seems like manage yeah. the relationship between everybody and, and be that glue guy. So uh, that's why I'm really interested to see what happens next year when he's gone and you bring in two new players mm -hmm. to that team and how that dynamic will, will go. Uh, I don't think it'll be bad because I think Hubert and Cooey are both good enough and they do seem to get along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they're just different people. Yeah, we'll see what happens. It'll be uh, it'll be interesting, and so good careers uh, to this point for those yeah. two. And Jill Officer, let's. I, I want to say Jill Officer too. I think 
Jill Officer is the most popular non-skip in the women's game. She might be the pop- most popular player just in general in the women's game. And I think it's because she's authentic when she's out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, in Vegas at the Continental Cup, she had the crowd in the palm of her hand. Uh, the, the one game, uh, she, I can't remember. She said something stupid, admittedly. This is what she said to me after. Stupid on the mic. Uh, and they were the TV game. And then she heard the laugh because everyone had the earbuds in. And then she made a joke about sounding stupid on TV, which then prompted another <laughs> laugh. Right. So she's she was like, she's interacting with the crowd as she goes. And uh, she's a great player. Uh, in that event, she had in the mixed doubles game this crazy like two stones that were basically a stone apart. And she had to like wiggle through them, you know, where you sort of yeah, double yeah. and go through. And she did that right to the button to win a game. And, and she she just makes these huge shots. And, um, you know, and everyone, you know, can remember Jen Jones saying, come on, chill. Hard chill. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. And, and absolutely. It was, yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, I think that one, um, you know, uh, Jocelyn Peterman, great player, but she has some big shoes to fill. Oh, there's big shoes to fill. That's absolutely, uh, absolutely certain. And we'll see how, how the team dynamic changes with, with Jocelyn being there, as you say, you know, now her and Caitlin, two younger players playing with the two players that are a little bit older, mm-hmm. not, not like crazy old Sean. I'm not, uh, no, they're no, but, but, but like the, a bit of a, a generation <laughs> switch, you know, on that team. Yeah. And, and two, I mean, you always wonder, at least I do about the personal relationships too. And obviously Caitlin was able to fit in very well with the, the three women who are just different life stages than her too. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, the rest of them have kids and, and families and those sorts of things. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with, with Jocelyn, but I, I can't imagine that it won't go well on the ice just given how good they all are. Yeah. They're all great players. And so I'm sure they'll be fine. Yes. And uh, as we said before, they've changed the rules for next year's Scotties to allow her to come back. But yes, uh, kudos on terrific careers. If it is the end of the careers for the two of them, I would still, If I, I'm sure you cannot bet on this in Vegas, but if you could bet on this, I would bet on the two of them being uh, active for the next trials for in next trials, some yeah. capacity Yeah, that's um, true. is what I would bet. So... Uh, but if it's not, congratulations to them. Great careers. And uh, we look forward to seeing them on our TVs uh, next year, I assume. Um, so let's move, move on then. Uh, the mixed doubles season came to an end on Saturday with the semifinals and finals of the World Mixed Doubles Curling Championships. And uh, in the shock of all shocks, Switzerland won. <laughs> um, Boy, uh, who would have guessed that, eh? Oh. Yeah, Switzerland beat Russia there in the in the final. They uh, were one of the classes of the field, as per usual. Sven Michel getting his second world mixed gold medal. Well, so that's the this was the eleventh time that they've run it. Yep, and uh, that was the seventh victory for, for Switzerland. Switzerland. If I'm I'm doing my math on the run here, yeah, that yep seven. First one was in two thousand eight. And now we're in 2018, so that's 11 times and seven victories for the Swiss team. Dare I say that Switzerland is the Canada of mixed doubles going? Yeah, yeah. I would say so. So, uh, yeah, they, they had a good one. I'll admit. Only I was, three countries have won. Just sort of interrupt you. Only yeah. three countries have won this. Also, uh, Switzerland with seven, Russia with two, Hungary with two. 
Huh. So uh, some domination there. Uh, yeah, domination. But certainly the Swiss are by far the best mixed doubles country so far. Yeah, and, and I'll admit I, I fell asleep watching the... <laughs> The gold medal game, I can't believe it. It was it was on at 10 a.m. here, uh, Eastern, and I don't know. I was just laying on the couch and got my snooze on a little bit, but uh, <laughs> the game was well in hand for this, the Swiss team at that point, so uh, kudos to them. Canada, they go, they lose the semifinal to the Swiss, come back, and win the bronze medal against the Korean team that had beat them earlier in the competition. Yeah, with a very effective use of the power play. That's right. Yeah. Where in the seventh end, they put up, I believe it was a four spot to take the five-point lead, and uh, that was the end of the game there with South Korea shaking early, but uh, yeah, a very effective mm-hmm. use of the power play there. So overall, a good a good season for Korea on the mixed doubles. We saw them at the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hungary that you talked about as one of the former champions, they finished sixth. We saw some teams advance to the playoffs that we might not have expected uh, going in. We saw Estonia go through their their pool undefeated. Um, We saw... Who else am I thinking of here? Well, we saw the Czechs make the playoffs. You know, uh, um, Finland uh, getting that final playoff berth with uh, uh, Una Kausta and her partner there. So... Overall, a pretty fun event. We saw lots of... Oh, Turkey was Turkey, yeah. Turkey, who uh, Canada beat in the quarters. Yeah, who who pulled the upset of Estonia there Mm -hmm. in in the 1-8th final game. So, yeah, it was overall like a really fun event, like we talked about before. Quick game, super, super interesting, unless you fall asleep. And... (laughs) Just interesting uh, style of play. Yeah, and, and like we talked about last week, some teams that got wins that you might not have expected. Kazakhstan won three games. Lithuania won three games. Uh, Latvia won three games. Uh, yeah, Guyana. Um, Guyana won three games. Brazil won three games. Uh, so, obviously, a, a exciting time for these countries. Israel won a game. Uh, Hong Kong, Jason won a couple games. There, so uh, so congratulations to all the teams, and just now this is anecdotal. I haven't done the research on this, but it seemed like the games were closer this year. Uh, so you know the the narrative this season has been that the world is catching up and everything's evening out. You didn't see a lot of games that really got out of hand here. Yeah, not too too many. You know, there was obviously a couple here and there, but uh, I mean, but that's also a product of mixed doubles. That's too. That, that's right. No. You know, mixed doubles has that tendency to to uh, produce some lopsided outcomes. But as you said, a lot of close games here, and a lot of countries competing that you might not expect. So I think it was overall really good. Um, it was seemed like everybody had fun based on Twitter. You know, I saw yep. J- Jason got his picture with Jeff Stoughton. Yeah, saw so that. Uh, you know. A uh, big, big fun time for everybody <laughs> yeah. in an Usterson. Usterson. Uh, and also in Usterson, we had the World Senior Curling Championships, a clean sweep yeah, for the double, Canadians. Double gold for Canada. We saw Sherry Anderson and her squad pick up a big win against USA. Uh, they... Canada in the final, the women's yeah. final, <laughs> do beat the Americans with. Uh, a back-to-back championship for Sherry Anderson. That's right. She uh, defended. Yeah, which is something something you don't see a lot, really, with any world championship, um, let alone a senior world championship, where in Canada we don't have the Team Canada. 
That's at, right. the, at the event. So you got to go back and win the province again, which adds that extra step to the mm -hmm. process. So back-to-back, uh, -back, yeah, they beat the Americans 5-4. to four. On the men's side, Canada beat the Swedes by a score of 8-2. to two. Yeah, and we see on the men's side also the Americans picked up a bronze medal mm -hmm. for this event. So good event for Canada, pretty good event for USA curling as well. Yeah, and this is an event too, as we talked about last week. A lot of teams in this, uh, 21 team, 28 teams total here as we look at the rankings. So you have a lot of, of teams, uh, or at least in the men's side, you have 28 teams uh, going through there, uh, 16 in the women's side, although Poland got a DNS as their listing there. So I guess they didn't uh, field their team despite being qualified. But uh, if you look at this, I mean, just the countries that were participating, you have a Turkish team here, uh, a Latvian team, uh, Israel won some games, Wales made the playoffs. Uh, England, England, I think, yeah, was there. Well. So, you know, you're looking here again at the, the growth of the sport. We talked last week about uh, Australia and that being a team that we expected to do well, uh, and they did, of course, and uh, going undefeated through the playoffs, losing to the Scottish team, though, in the quarterfinals. Uh, but here we, you know, the, the seniors, what's interesting is, you know, the mixed doubles is there almost expressly to grow the game and that's the point of it and that's why the world curling federation likes it so much and yet here we are with the seniors who mixed doubles is not really targeted at it's targeted at younger players to get new people involved in the game and yet at the seniors we have a bunch of different countries at this too mm -hmm. so it's it's kind of cool to see that the the game is growing not just with this targeted to young people but the seniors event is also growing so I think that's a good sign for the game. Yeah, it's in, and it's fun to know, you know, that that other countries can have aspirations to compete on a world stage at an event like a seniors or a mixed doubles, you know. So uh, it's not just you know the same countries we see all the time, like we saw at the Olympics with right with all the standard curling countries. Yeah. Now that being said, I don't want the Olympics to go to twenty eight teams. No, it's already it's already long enough as it is. Well, I mean, the, although the fact of the matter is, if they actually played on all the sheets they had every draw, they could probably actually have more teams there. Well, maybe, but then have all those empty sheets. But yeah, I wouldn't say all those empty sheets. It wasn't. It was a lot that often. It was a lot of empty sheets. Well, I mean, you know. Eh. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Um, so congratulations to all those uh, those players. Safe travels back from Sweden to wherever it is you are traveling. And uh, that puts a puts a bow on the 2017-2018 curling season. Uh, we played this weekend. Yeah, we put a bow on our season as well, Sean. Three games on Friday. Um, shout out to Team Graham. <laughs> uh, our yeah. parents came. We won the first game we played. And then uh, Jen Hanna and Danielle Inglis uh, showed us where we stood. <laughs> In Stomped the, in on sport. our dreams is what you're saying? Yeah. Now, Jen Hanna, we've played before, and uh, Britt O'Neill, who's played with Jen at the Scotties, was on that team, game that we shouldn't win, right? We play them 10 times. We should lose all 10 times. Oh, yeah. And absolutely. we did. And then Danielle Inglis, uh, we, th that was just a situation where our father was beat up physically, you were beat up physically, I wasn't feeling great. Mom was in the best condition of all of us. Yeah, I think she played um, the best of all of us, yeah, too. Yeah, like, we just didn't, <laughs> like, the game was over probably before it started 
but we didn't do well that that game. No, yeah, but uh, but I sat with uh, their team there after the game. They all sat with us and and had a beer. And I know you went home because you weren't feeling yeah, I wasn't great. Feeling great. But uh, they were really nice to talk to and pretty fun team. And then I think after we left, I said, "Oh, now you guys go and you know uh, have have a fun time at the Perry tonight because yes. uh, I'm I'm too old to, <laughs> to <laughs> hang out and and get hammered." So, and I uh, think they did, and then they went out and played uh, Jean-Michel Menard. Oh, they played Menard the next day. Yes, eh? and they were unsuccessful in that game. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, I think Jen Hanna lost her game too. Yeah, that's um, right, she did after they played us. So we were just in a bad try. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, um, we were in a tough draw, or, or we, we put the stink on everyone else. Uh, we should just try for a different uh, different draw, maybe next season. So yeah, the three games in, in on Friday is tough. Uh, for us, uh, given given the situation that physically our given team my body is in, yeah, sucks. Um, but if we, I just want to look here, uh, the winners. Yeah, let's find out the winners of, of the, the Blondspiel of the main draw. Jeff McCrady and his team oh. beats uh, uh, a team that I don't recognize their name. Uh, but Jeff McCrady, uh, he was playing. I think it was all family members. Uh, Gavin Jameson, who I. Uh, uh, was my roommate back at Nipissing, who has played in Northern Ontario a bunch now. He played them. I know his son, uh, Ryan, who was the skip of Team Ontario at the juniors a few years ago, was playing with them. And uh, so congratulations to Jeff McCrady uh, and that team. Jeff, I think, has played on tour a bit and played in the seniors before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a, a worthy winner there. Absolutely. And I'm looking at a picture on Facebook right now of... Uh Dalal mopping up the dance floor uh, on Sunday morning there. <laughs> nice. So, so a good time was had by all, that's for sure. Yes, and uh, just looking at the other team winners, uh, these are all people whose names I don't recognize. But congratulations to all the winners there. And that, I think, would put a wrap on the season for most of the teams, uh, most of the clubs around the country. This is one of the latest events that I know of, and next up will be Summer Spiels. Yeah, time for Summer Spiels. I know you and I are going to one. Yep. Down in Knoxville, Tennessee. Nothing says curling like Knoxville. Yeah, and so I'm uh, I'm looking forward to uh, some Smoky Mountain hospitality, and we'll see uh, we'll see what happens with some others. We might have a, an episode all about summer spiels. Yeah, I think we should. I mean, there's one in North Bay that's very popular that people love. That's right. Um, there's a bunch in the states that people go to, uh, and I think they're cool. I, I mean, I played one last year in Pittsburgh. It was a good time. So it, it's kind it kind of gets you out of the realm it's it's like the champions cup where you're there and yes you want to win but it's not really your primary concern mm-hmm. uh, and especially if you're at a place that is licensed outside and by licensed i mean we'll let you go outside um it makes it that much better yeah because uh, you're not stuck inside and that's what was cool about pittsburgh last year the bar area which was above the rink uh it was at robert morris university and the they set up the bar in the sort of booster zone. We played in the hockey rink where the varsity hockey team plays, and they had a, uh, a balcony overlooking, I think it was the Allegheny River, but it was one of the rivers that <laughs> runs through Pittsburgh. One and of the uh, three, right on. Uh, if you can get a setting like that, summer spiels are pretty cool. And even though it's hockey ice, they got it three days before, and were able to build it up. So, I mean, it wasn't mm-hmm. great ice, but it wasn't, it wasn't hockey ice either. So Yeah, yeah. So looking forward to that season starting up. And uh, by as soon as you know it, Sean, we'll be back talking about 
some curling event in August. Yeah, the big uh, spiel where they pick teams and it seems to have replaced the skins game, mm-hmm. uh, whatever they called that last year, The f- some insurance, something. But yes, we will be back to talk about it all, but we are not going away. No, we'll be around the whole summer. Yeah, so what we're going to do uh, over the next few weeks, we have some episodes that we think are going to be kind of evergreen type episodes that we're going to record. We'll talk about who we think won the the off season, even though it's not the off season yet, sort of the scramble for new teams. Mm-hmm. We're going to sort of basically do a power ranking of those men's and women's. We have some other ideas in terms of maybe we'll do a, a an all time dream Scotties and Briar of the teams that would be cool across eras. Uh, if you have any ideas for us, do let us know for evergreeny type episodes that we'll record and run over the summer. And of course, if there's any big news that comes out, whether it's about I think the Olympic format. We haven't heard anything about that yet. That would break over the summer if they're going to change it. Mm-hmm. Uh, sweeping rules, maybe. Um, five rock rule. Uh, maybe some spiels will go to a six rock rule. Who knows? Uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's all all exciting in the summertime. And we'll be there to cover it. Absolutely, we will. So if you have not yet, please do subscribe to the show. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, whatever it is, you get your podcast. On Twitter, we are Game of Stones Pod. Uh, email, you can email the show, ideas, suggestions, feedback, Game of Stones Podcast at gmail.com. Scott on Twitter is at Scott Lakes TV. I am at Dr. Shawnee Fever. Hope you had a good season, everybody. And until we talk again, keep your brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern. Make the final.